At the age of 12, Jeanette was raped on a campsite. She soon learned that a life ruled by her trauma lay ahead. She managed to grow up and had a good job at the OR in an academic hospital. And at the age of 40, she started a therapist training, which was a transpersonal way of working for her. More and more, her own trauma experience became important, but no therapist could ever really seem to help her. Often her clients were victims of sexual abuse, and she looked for a good training for this specialization. She was very lucky to find a good teacher who discovered a lot of new phenomena through 35 years of empirical investigation. Jeanette is now a trauma sexologist and experience expert in the Netherlands. It has since became her mission to teach others how to find their way back to themselves. So please join me in giving Jeanette a warm welcome to the show. most uh, important life-changing event, and, and unfortunately it was a traumatic experience, well, let just fall, fall in directly. It is, uh, I was 12 years old, I was staying with my parents at the campsite for the holidays, and it was in that holiday um, I had my own tent. It was the first time I was allowed to have my own tent with, with two uh, girlfriends. And it was uh, during daylight, uh, a grown-up man in the village in which we were staying on the campsite, uh, he came into my tent and he raped me as a 12-year-old girl I was at that time. I could not foresee that this uh, event would change my life completely and also uh, brought me to the place where I am today. Uh, I became a trauma therapist and I help uh, young adults and adults who have been traumatized with sexual abuse in childhood. And uh, of course, I, I did schooling for that. I followed a, a psychotherapeutic um, course, uh, education for four years, and afterwards I uh, specialized in, in trauma work and in the field of sexual abuse, because this is a very um, uh, uh, high specialized work, uh, because uh, what I notice is that you cannot approach it as a, yeah, as a normal trauma, and with normal I mean, well, trauma is never... Uh, normal actually but what I mean with it uh, it is, has been approached uh, often as a trauma without the sexuality in it because in in the sexuality you have to work with that that is uh, very very important and I see it has been neglected often yeah so this is in short very short terms how I um, yeah how I became a trauma therapist Absolutely. Yeah, that it's such empowering and very much needed work that you're doing. Um, that's the yeah. field I'm also studying, specializing in uh, domestic violence and sexual trauma. And I thank you so much for sharing your story and so much compassion for you because a lot of people, um, they harbor it and they hold it inside and it, it could be very scary to talk about it and have to relive the events that happened. Yes, yes. To start to talk about uh, what happened to you is is a very important major step 
in the beginning of processing the trauma eh, because you you break open as i call it i talk about with my clients it's like a prison from the first moment on of the abuse you became imprisoned in a system in which uh, you you will be stayed captured uh, as long as you you don't talk about it and you are captured with the perpetrator in this prison and to, to start to talk about what happened to you and uh, what I also do with my clients is also um, precisely describe what happened uh, and we do that along the way in, in, in the process because you are alone you you live in the secret there was no witness and by telling your story by telling what happened exactly also with all the sexual uh, uh, things that happened precisely from the facts of what happened um, then you add the witness to the event and the witness is and, and that is a very healing movement you can make and what I uh, do for my clients. Mm, beautiful. And I'm sure that's such powerful work and it is a long process. At least for me, it's been, it hasn't yes. been overnight. It definitely takes, you know, years for me at least and just coming yeah. back to. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and sometimes it will take about 10 years or so and which doesn't mean that you have to go every week to a therapist and sometimes you must take a break you your your system must reset and then you can take the next step and it's very important that there are a few things uh, which my teacher my mentor um, who also wrote a book about it I will tell about this later so it is translated in English and it can be bought in the States too but um, he did like four, 35 years of empirical investigation and he spoke to hundreds of hundreds of uh, victims and he works with psychodrama and psychodrama is such a magnificent tool because you uh, he discovered the internal system the change of this, uh, how how it looks inside you, the change after the abuse. And he uh, discovered that the perpetrator is going to be seated in your internal system. It is becoming a voice which will, um, um, oh, now I'm looking for an English word. So this, this internal perpetrator voice is, uh, having control over almost all things in your life. It, it is like um, you have a, a marriage or relationship which you cannot end. Mm -hmm. So this perpetrator is inside, internalized, and I'm working to uh, get it out of your system. And we have like um, uh, methods with psychodrama in which we can do it mm -hmm. and it works wonderful and i did it myself uh, as well yeah wow. wow well said yeah it's it's so true sometimes we operate out of these um these patterns of behavior that we don't even realize were ingrained in us from the perpetrator uh, we live our yes. day lives and we doubt ourselves or we feel badly about ourselves and it's just replaying in our minds yes true and and what you say is a very important aspect of this perpetrator's uh, uh, voice in your system that we 
uh, are used to having this voice inside ourselves that we don't even know that it's not ours. So we have to differentiate it in, 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 in the therapy to uh, be able to recognize this voice. And another thing, what is also changing uh, your insight, um, um, the, the, well, the, the damage done is that uh, there, in the first moment, well, at least a second before this first moment of abuse, you get a division inside mm -hmm. of you and you divide into a frozen child we call and into uh, an authentic child and uh, right after that the perpetrator is internalizing and then you grow up as the adapter so this perpetrator is in this system is the controlling force about it over the division and also about uh, the adapter and the adapter is the person who is dissociating who is uh, always feeling what is needed on the other side just leaves him or herself and is uh, not being able to say no so the no is in the frozen child so the no is pushed aside because you become the answer of the needs of an adult the sexual mm. needs of an adult so your no and also your disgust your fear it, it is like fear of death it is such a very very um traumatic scary um damaging trauma that a child becomes in fear of death and it's like an earth and everything is upside down your sense of sa uh, safety and everything so all these things are frozen and you can see it and 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 it's also uh, what we have uh, discovered it's like we call it the lost second so it is like a frozen lump of of uh, desynthesized emotions and everything what you have to withdraw in the abuse and it becomes the frozen child mm -hmm. and also there is the fear and all the grief the authentic child that is the one that doesn't give up and you go forward in life and 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 it is also a shout out to the victims of this trauma because we are very very strong people who who are able to survive and the authentic child will go into life and manage to build up a life how uh, bad or good it goes and with very much creativity normally because you are very handicapped and but this is one thing this authentic child is boundaryless because the no is in the frozen child so we don't have a no and the, the authentic child is the yes but without a no you don't have a really genuine yes for life so this is also where you doubt everything you 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 don't know what you want you don't know who you are and because you don't have this this communication between yes and no inside yourself because you cannot come to this self confidence place eh, which is the result of the yes no eh, and and then you come to um, self confidence because on this place of self confidence in this model in the psychodrama model there is the perpetrator so you grow up as the adapter mm. and and what we need to do in this model we add a witness the external witness who was not there during the abuse and the internal witness and for me it's easy because on the door of my practice it is sexual abuse so to speak so everybody who's coming to 
to for for, for uh, help coming to me. Um, we know it's about sexual abuse. So the internal witness, it's also a voice inside us who starts to feel, oh, there is something wrong with me. What is it? And not seldom people have been uh, getting a lot of diagnosis uh, because a lot of the damage shown by us can be arrived at like PTSD, uh, of course, it is a PTSD, but it's a sexual one. And caretakers forget it. They don't know it or they, they don't know enough about it. Or we can be uh, addressed uh, like borderline, uh, like, um, what is it, more like uh, anxiety disorders, narcissism, depression. Um, a lot of people have suicidal thoughts. But it is it touches never the root of the problem. We must um, know that we need in the D DSM, we need actually uh, a disorder called uh, trauma uh, sexuality. Mm. And uh, what we also it is uh, that that is one uh, part of the trauma. And the other one is the mental paralysis. Mm. So those two things we have to work in as a, as a counselor to make everything feasible, what is the damage and the consequences of the damage. Mm. Yeah, that was awesome. No, it was perfect. So many talking points, Jeanette. I could go on so many different directions. Um, I'd love yeah. it if you yeah. talked more about the consequences because you touched on the disgust. I, I personally, after um, the first time I was abused was as a teenager. Um, and it manifested as so much shame and guilt within myself and you talking about not being able to say no. I've struggled with that my whole life because I think my no doesn't matter because people have overrode my no. So I'd love it if you talked more about that disgust and guilt and consequences of the abuse. Yes, yes, yes. What you say is is also a very uh, important um uh, intervention I, I do in uh, during the guidance I give because uh, the no uh, it means like your self-protection is damaged and the younger you were during abuse uh, it has not been developed so the good news is that you can you can develop it even though you are 50 years old you can repair it but what we need to repair is the ability to feel your own boundaries and to listen to what i always say it's like body uh, mind and emotion so you have to learn to recognize what is your body telling you like is your breath high is it uh, like you feel like uh, um, you cannot breathe uh, what is it is it is it like you getting cold or hot or you feel cramps or whatever so let the body talk we have to learn to live in our body again so from the dissociation get back in your body so this is this is a very important um, part of starting to feel your boundaries and then you have also with what is the body saying what are you thinking what what is it you want to say where are you leaving so with dissociation uh, when there is um, uh, sexual abuse in childhood it 
almost always has to do with anger. You are angry, you want to say something, instead of that, you leave, you dissociate. So it is the thought mm. and then also the emotion. How do you feel? Do you feel happy? Do you feel scared? Do you feel nervous? What is it? And to combine this three things, you start to realize yourself that you have boundaries and there are signs of your body, your mind, your emotions, that there is a boundary. And as you start to read it again, you come back on earth and you come back in your body. And then you, the next step is to communicate the boundaries because with sexual abuse, what you see, um, I have written a blog about it on my website and I always um, compare it with the radio. So see, you have the volume, button of the radio you have zero no noise you have half that is a little bit then you have the normal volume it's one two three and then you have four and five which is very very loud what you see with people who have been abused in childhood you see that the radio is off People don't speak. They hardly feel anything. They are dissociating. Then you have half. Then you feel something. You don't like it so much. You feel, but you are not able to um, communicate it. So you give uh, a packed, a wrapped message. It is like you give it to the other one. This is my message, but you are dependent on if the other person is unwrapping it. If you have so you are dependent being hurt by if the other person is unwrapping the message and so i always give like the example there is a friend is coming to your house oh are you coming with me we are going for a new walk i have a new route but you feel oh i'm a little bit tired or i'm not in the mood but you say in, instead of saying that you say oh but my walking shoes are broken I cannot come. And then the other person is saying, oh, no problem. We have the same size. I have some extra pair in my car. And then you feel frustrated. Why is no one listening to me? Why do they not understand me? I'm just, but this is the rap message and you don't even know you are doing it. The healthy way is one, two, three. It's one, like you communicate. I, I don't feel like going. I don't want the other person is, no, you have to come. We are best friends. Please come with me. Then you have to level up to volume two. You say, no, please listen. I just told you, I don't want to go. Please respect me. I'm not coming. Then, no, but the last time you also not going and now it's not nice. You are not a good friend, blah, blah, blah. Then you go up to level three. You say, please, I told you twice, I'm not coming. Point. So this is... This is the normal, healthy leveling up. And then you have, with abuse, you have also four and five. Four and five is destructive. It's out of control. It is the one, two, three are what I just told. It is inside you, your body, emotion, and thought in connection with yourself, in connection with the other person. Uh, zero, half, and four and five is out of connection with yourself and also out of connection with the other person. And four and five is aggression, is destruction. And so this is what you see often or neither people can or people cannot become angry anymore. They, yeah. they, they don't have the ability to be angry 
or they are silent very long give one half message and then they um how you say it they explode yeah and then everybody is watching what what is happening here why are you exploding but because this and we work with chairs in psychodrama and then i throw them um on the floor it's one two three the chairs are not available to take place on so this is the damage done in the first moment of abuse your your normal healthy aggression is broken mm -hmm. so we have to practice every time we practice chair one two three and that is it is it is also maybe it sounds uh, strange but it is a very very nice to do and we also have very much fun with each other if we do it in groups and you can even do this with children everybody understands it when you put the chairs you explain well so what's did an answer i'm i'm sorry i'm i'm talking no, a lot do that I? was amazing no i love examples that's perfect because um you mentioned dissociation and i would love to talk more about that because as uh, victims and survivors, we often disconnect from our body that we don't even know what we're feeling. And I, I love how True. you talked about it's a repressing of the emotion. So I'm curious, is that what mental paralysis is? You mentioned mental paralysis. Yes, it, it is part of the mental paralysis. Mental paralysis um, uh, has a lot of things. It, it is, we call it like, uh, like the half-heartedness. You cannot make choices. You chronic chronically doubt about yourself uh, you are living uh, only in your head um, well it, it has to do with like you cannot reach part of yourself yeah that is and and it it, it has um, let me how can I explain it mm. In English, it is. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm looking for English word. Well, it, it will, it will come. It will come. But mental paralysis is, is, is one. Uh, I call it also leg. It's one leg of the trauma you have to work in. You have mm. to find uh, how to live in your body again. You have to uh, get rid of the perpetrator's voice into your system, and find your self confidence back. Find your talents. Find your 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 true emotions your boundaries what do you like what don't you what what don't you want what do you want and one thing what is if maybe uh, counselors or psychologists are listening to this podcast one thing uh, what you must realize the the damage after the abuse and i was talking about it uh, before it's uh, you grow up as the adapter and you must be aware of the adapter as a caretaker because if you are communicating with the adapter in therapy this adapter he or she wants to do what you want as a therapist uh, and if you are just communicating with the adapter you may be very content about your client oh this is going well and he or she is just doing fine and it is exactly going uh, how i want it to but be don't be mistaken about that one you have to look for the perpetrator's voice you have to go to look for this this abandoned mm -hmm. children who have been abandoned in the abuse and with your client with your adult 
or young adult client, the children are coming with them into uh, your, um, how you call it, in, in, into your practice. So this is very important that as a caretaker, you are uh, aware of the internal system, how it works. Hmm. Yeah, it's so crucial. And I wish that more providers were trained to know a lot of people have been sexually abused. So there should be a basic education on it to know the signs because oftentimes it can be misdiagnosed as bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, and you're never getting to the root cause, which was the trauma. Yes. Yes, true. This is this is also why in um, why I am happy to be in your podcast, and uh, I I do it often, or I give interviews for for the local radio station. I was in the newspaper. I'm in magazines. This is one part of my practice. I I, I want to I want the world to know that this uh, internal damage model. This is what all victims have and you must know how it works and 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 what uh, a victim shows in their behavior to be um able to help them in a good way that that is an effective way and because i see a lot of trouble in my clients who have been re-traumatized in mental health care because people healthcare takers they they don't know or and that's another important thing we have to deal with the collective no and the collective no is actually a sexual abuse it becomes like a secret inner world and it's also if you look at it from a broader wider perspective it's also a secret in society in society in in the world yeah. no one even the victims we don't want to go to the abuse and what uh there is a tendency uh and what we see in holland as well we do emdr i don't know yeah and that is seems to be a kind of quick fix and which also you go to the trauma and then go away you go away very quick but we have to go to the trauma step one and we have to dive deep into it we have to go all the way to be able to go away from it and to leave it in the chronicle time we leave it behind but we cannot have a quick fix i cannot emphasize it emphasize it too often it there, there cannot be a quick fix. Mm, yeah, I'm actually doing EMDR now. So that's interesting you brought that up because it's so true. It's it's going to take a very long time, especially if you have um, more than one uh, experience of abuse. So it, it's so true. We visit it for maybe 15 minutes a week. It's it's not a quick fix at all. No, no, and 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 it has um, impact. Uh, the, this trauma has impact on every aspect of your life. So you have to go to all these aspects of your life and your body to yeah. get rid of the damage. And it's possible. It's very much possible. Look at me. I'm talking. I am successful in what I do. I'm not ashamed anymore. I don't feel guilty anymore. And I'm. I'm uh, I'm not shameless, but I'm shame free, <laughs> and I have done the whole process. So I want also to be an inspiring 
uh, example of how it is possible to heal from this trauma. But what I also see with people who have a, had a lot of EMDR sessions is that the emotions become kind of numb. And what I told you, we have to dive deep into the trauma. And sometimes when it's too overwhelming, then EMDR can be additional helpful but not too much please not too much because what i see is when i have clients who had a lot of emdr we cannot go to the trauma again and we have to work through it with with effects yeah we have to work through it with the emotions who have been like i told you like the lump the desynthesized lump into the lost second yeah, into the frozen, which is in the frozen child. And you have to bring this lump alive again. This mm. is this is necessary. So if you have been desynthesizing the emotions in the abuse too much, we cannot bring this lump alive. So this is something which puzzles me still. And yeah, I have to do my investigation on this field. So we are still uh, in, in process also to um, make the help even better and better. We are processing as a group of uh, caretakers who have been had the schooling of this Peter John Schouten who wrote this book. Um, we, we are pioneers so to speak, but mm. the results so far are very, very uh, promising. Yeah, for sure. Trauma is so complex and you need to take a holistic, comprehensive healing approach because it is, especially sexual abuse is so complicated. So that's why I love you are such a great um, role model and just so inspiring for myself and my listeners because um, it can feel like we're stuck and it can feel like it's never going to get better and healing could be so hard, but you are a prime example that it's possible. Yeah, yeah, and this is sometimes uh, it is also literal, literally. Can you say the word? Pronounce the word? Yeah, literal. Literally. Literally, literally, uh, a case of life and death. It is. It is, uh, and I have some clients right now in my practice. It is either come forward with it talk about it, speak your um, experience, bring it into the world, uh, stop with living. Mm. So this is, this is a very, um, how can you say it? It is a very, there is a word in Dutch. Well, you can urgent. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is it is urgent it is yeah. urgent so i work on on this field with my clients and i can what 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 i hear uh that a lot of caretakers say yeah but you have to be stable you have to be stable we cannot go to the trauma because you have to be stable and sometimes people uh clients i i and i hear this from colleagues as well they have to wait like 15 years because they are not stable so my vision is you cannot be stable if you are not allowed to talk about the trauma and what happened to you and we have to acknowledge the lost children we have to uh 
defrost the frozen child we, we 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 have to and i call it if someone starts to cry then i'm happy to welcome yeah. these tears as the melting water of what have been stuck for so many years what have been present in 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 the secret and in the shame and 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 another layer of guilt huh? Be, because the we have to get the guilt away from these children because the child in the abuse as a child we only can blame ourselves because we are dependent on the adults if it is the parents or the older brother or the teacher or the doctor or uh, the 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 the, the um, the, the nanny or whatever we are um how you say it we cannot say you are a wrong parent you are doing me wrong if we do that as a child we are dependent that was the word i was looking mm -hmm. for because if we do that we will die so the guilt we will go internally in 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 ourselves and even more on top of that the perpetrator is using that system of uh what children uh, do to get this guilt at a child on top of that so the guilt and i noticed um is the most tough one because it 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 starts with that we realize ourselves okay i was a child i oh my goodness was i that young oh no it cannot be my um my guilt and that is the first awareness but then the feeling of guilt it is tough it it, it will sometimes take a few years so I, I always warn my clients so don't be scared you are not crazy uh it is normal a lot of things what we feel and what we come across it is a normal uh response or on an abnormal situation and especially when people have a lot of diagnosis uh then i yeah. sometimes i say well i have a litter been there walk to that throw your diagnosis there and then i say like okay come sit here and now mm. we can start because yeah. you are not crazy mm. sometimes people think there is something very much wrong with me and and i must be crazy i must be disturbed no you are not crazy and 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 on top of that you are a very very strong survivor who survived this uh, trauma with a lot of creativity and 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 i always see, always see that a lot of people coming to my practice they are so intelligent and gifted yes. people so yeah this is i cannot say this enough so yeah. you are not crazy oh i and, love and, that you said that because it could be the whole process could be so frustrating and we get so discouraged. And like you said, as a child, um, everything we make about us, because that's how our brain is forming, it's an intrinsic, yes. internalized view. So as an adult, you show up just feeling inherently bad, or it could result in self-abandonment and hatred and just people-pleasing, yes. which I think speaks to the adapter role you were talking about earlier. Yes 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 and and i can also remember from my own uh, adult life that i was feeling guilty for everything it yeah. it was the blame was on my plate just in an instant and and mm -hmm. and i took it myself also but i yeah it is like it spreads like an oil on the water 
it is it is all around you and and it's just like all these interjections uh, we 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 swallowed it as the truth and we live it every day every day and it's such a painful way to live in that way and this is also like i was talking about the division earlier and uh, that is also very painful to live with this division like parts of you are abandoned uh, you 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 cannot be safe in inside yourself you are not able to protect yourself anymore you are always dependent on if the other one is 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 good for you and you give yourself uh, away actually you it, it is it is a very painful way of living and that's what i see often uh, is that is addiction and sexual abuse in childhood is is going hand in hand yeah. and addiction can be of course it can be medicine it can be uh, drugs it can be alcohol but sometimes i was looking for the addiction in my client and it's always one of the questions uh, i ask my client so how hey, what do you use to to bear the pain of the division so i also explain it is not that you look for a comfort to bear this pain mm -hmm. and sometimes I could not find an addiction and then I was puzzled and, and it was one of the things I came across one of my clients and then I thought ah here we have the addiction then uh, he was addicted to moving when he was moving from one place to another place and well as you might know moving from uh different in different houses it is in the stress top 10 uh, it, it is a lot of um distraction from yeah the pain and who you are so the what i want to say with this is that addiction have can have a lot of different faces and appearances yeah. oh so, absolutely yeah a hundred percent it could even um a lot of behavioral addictions such as uh compulsive sex or overeating or eating disorders or self-harm or shopping it could manifest in so many gambling so many different yes. ways even just blaming yes. yourself and accommodating others is a form of an addiction if you can't say yeah. no and you're people pleasing constantly yes yes it can be compulsive and uh, another thing you mentioned here and uh, i i need to say uh, explain something about it um, is the compulsive sex as um, um, from the first moment when the abuse it, it takes place it is first you the child becomes in shock it's like the breath will stop the, the the muscles will cramp and the child is in fear of death directly the next second it follows very quick is the sex and of course, the child it has no uh, frame to put in the adult sex. It is, it is, it is too young. It, 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 it cannot understand. It, it, it has no any uh, knowledge of what is happening. But what happens with this sex is that you get the imprint of the perpetrator, the sexual imprint. But there are a lot of connections made with the perpetrator. The perpetrator as the causer of the shock, the perpetrator, uh, the sex of the perpetrator, the perpetrator as a role model, the problem of the perpetrator, the perpetrator and his or her family. There's a lot of connections and you be 
become um, uh, uh, a so-called pseudo pseudo grown-up yeah. a pseudo adult so it is the loss of childhood so what and then uh, the imprint the sexual imprint what will happen is that your own natural uh, sexual development will stop and the younger you were the less own development you have had and so these two tracks are going to walk aside as different tracks your own sexuality your own development and the imprint of the perpetrator and what will happen in life is that as a and i don't know it's kind of magical i don't know why and how it happens and i'm just busy with the the phenomenas i'm not uh, busy with the evidence-based a part of it the academic part it is for me it is empirical so what we see the phenomena is that you are um, have a tendency to relive the scene of the abuse and it will sometimes it will look differently eh? and it's either you have we call it the active victimhood so it's either you live out your sexual boundary uh, boundary less sex and it is uh, apparently afterwards you can look at it ah this was the scene of the abuse either that or it is no sex no sex at all nothing anymore uh, or it is also mixed what i sometimes what i have seen this is a very strong example is um it was the imprint of the perpetrator it was uh, a homosexual imprint which i must have i must say not all homosexual people have an imprint of the perpetrator and uh, are sexually abused that is not what I'm saying, but it is just an example. You have the imprint of the perpetrator, and it was a man, so uh, and it was a boy, so it was a homosexual imprint. And then this person, uh, he was married with a woman, and then they came in my practice, and the woman discovered her husband had a, a secret sexual life and it was a homosexual secret sexual life it was a side of their marriage and their heterosexual life mm -hmm. and then the woman she was of course she was very much upset and the man as well and it was like this what i told them well we say in dutch um i uh, let me see if i can explain well it is you cheating and we say you are going um ah, i'm sorry lauren no, i it, it is it is a language thing i wanted to explain but i i don't know it's this soon in english but i explained to the woman it was not that he was cheating on her it has it had nothing to do with her mm -hmm. it had nothing to do with their sexual life or with their love for one another it had to do with the compulsive um repeating the scene of the abuse it was the imprint the sexual imprint of the perpetrator what had happened to this man when he was a boy so it was the um well it is sometimes i see it as the force of life for healing as soon as this person and so it was for me the same in my life in my experience it was the a recognition of the pattern in which the re 
repeating of the pattern, I started to see, hey, what is this? What am I doing? What is wrong with me? Not that I'm crazy, but there is something I am doing is not mine. And that was the first step uh, to healing. Mm -hmm. So, well, this was an example I wanted to give with the uh, imprint of the perpetrator, the sexual imprint in which we have to discover what is your own sexuality and what is the perpetrator's imprint and, and what do you want to keep mm -hmm. eh, from, but, but it is not that I say you cannot uh, have your sexual experience and your behavior and it is I don't have any problem with what, however, you do sexually. It, it, is, it is totally your choice. And that is exactly what it is about. You must have a free choice. Mm. And then it's okay. Yeah. But as long as it is the perpetrator who is, uh, it is trauma-related uh, sex, then you are not free. So we have sure. to liberate your own sexuality. That is very important. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's such a good point because oftentimes survivors can feel obligated to have sex. So I'm so happy that you brought up how trauma relates to our sexuality because it can result in, um, it can go off in several directions like sexual acting out, um, sex, love addiction, sexual paraphilia, or even like you mentioned, the restriction of one's sexuality and some sort of sexual anorexia. So yes. it's different for everyone. Yes. True. It, it has like, uh, and that's also uh, what I'm always preaching, is this trauma cannot be treated like uh, one uh, protocol. Mm -hmm. it, it is, it is uh, well, the style is design. Yeah. Uh, we, we have to design uh, for the victim personal situation. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are a few steps that had to be taken, and I have all these steps in my head, I know, this is my education, I know. But what I do, I tune in on my client and I'm, I'm walking uh, beside them uh, as, as we are going to investigate together. Well, because sexual abuse, you get a very um, complicated puzzle to solve. And I'm helping to solve this puzzle and I'm helping to find answers on the questions of my clients. So I'm not working with protocols and, 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 and I'm free in what I do. Yeah. You know? It's so unique to each individual. Everyone's healing journey is very different. So that's also really important to hold space and honor that. Um, so, wow, yes. we only have several minutes left. Time is flying. Oh my um, so I'd love to end on a high note, Jeanette. How can one start to take steps towards feeling safe again, whether that's in their relationships or even in their body? Well, um, that is to restore the natural aggression and that is the ability to protect yourself. So, mm -hmm. and that is necessary to have this body thought, emotion. That is very important. And it's also to get out of the secret. So the, where we started with is to start to talk uh, about it and, and look for someone you trust and someone uh, who is uh, able to bear your story. 
Ed, not not someone who's not leaving and and doesn't want to look at it because it's it's difficult sometimes for people so see if you can find someone you can trust or find a good therapist uh, who is specialized and is able to listen to you so that is the very first important step to get out of this jail you are trapped in sometimes lifelong so start break open the secret yeah yeah rebuilding trust and just learning how to trust i think was so vital for me and finding safe people and that support system that um honors you and helps you along the way rather than judging or criticizing you makes a huge difference yeah 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 that's very important that you have new experience and sometimes like my story i had a I call her um, a kind of foster mother. I she she had been very important. She she in my life since I was like 15, 16 years, and she made a difference for me. I I, I started cleaning her house as a help, but we became kind of mother daughter, and she was unconditionally there for me. And I didn't talk about it, or or I I. I that time I did not talk about what happened to me, but she was just there with a cup of tea and, and she made food for me. And when it was my birthday, she bought a very nice present. She was always yeah, there for me. So if people uh, want to know what, what can we do for victims, just be there. You don't yeah. have to save or to do a lot. No, just be there. Yeah. And, and give the victim a different experience, like you matter, I am here, mm. I'm listening, I'm making tea for you. Yeah, because if we take the opposite approach and we approach someone who has been impacted by abuse with, I need to fix you, it can do more harm. So just helping them recognize their power and realizing that they are worthy of unconditional love is so helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah well, so it is It is also a beautiful, rewarding process. And I'm also very, well, let me say that I'm very grateful to be the um, um, in the role of the witness also, that I can yeah. witness these beautiful processes and people who give their trust to me to walk yeah. together to, yeah, to come back on on the world into mm -hmm. the into the world like what you are doing with uh, breaking open the secret you yeah so those processes are beautiful and very rewarding and it's also hard work and mm -hmm. difficult that's also yeah. the case yeah. yeah yeah no doubt it's so rewarding to be on both sides because you can really understand where the person is coming from and in compassion we're really able to help people to the fullest extent yes. so it's it's yes. such powerful work that you're doing i would love if you shared any resources i know you were discussing a book so do you have yes. anything oh, that yes. people would find oh helpful? yeah good yeah good that you remind me because i wanted um to let you know it is the book uh, written by uh, peter john schouten and uh, it is uh, available in United States by press.uchicago.edu. 
So it is press and then dot, it's you, and then chicago.edu. And you can order the book there. It's translated in English and it has a lot of uh, the information we were talking about. It is like I told you uh, before, it's like 35 years of empirical investigation and um, it is very valuable also for for victims as for uh, caretakers. Mm, so it is yeah. I, I highly recommend it book. It, it is a must read. Yeah. If you are working in this field or if you are a victim. Yeah. Yeah. So wise. Where can people find you, Jeanette? What are you currently working on? Uh, I'm, I'm living in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Uh, I have um, a website. It, yeah, it, it is Dutch. Maybe you can put it in the I show will, notes. For sure. But it's like uh, it is praktijk full moeder, which means as much as practice feel courageous wow. and it is in 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 dutch it is a kind of a nice word i i a self-made word but people who are victims they recognize immediately what i mean and i must say i give supervision to counselors in the united states i have one counselor i work with she's from canada and i also have clients victims uh, which i work with online and of i'm developing my online method since it was COVID. i started to work more online i prefer having people in my practice we can do the psychodrama but i'm just developing tools to help people uh, online so um yeah that's where people can find me well i must also add i have um my practice is full right now but um the waiting time is usually not longer than one or two months then i have um regularly uh, i have uh, places available oh perfect thank you so much and i have a network i have a network in which i can um uh, people yeah. uh, add to other uh, counselors. That's great. I will link everything in the show notes. And I, I just want to say that you're so correct. Healing takes so much courage and the work you're doing is so brave. So I really appreciate your time and you coming on. And I'm so sure this is going to help so many people. Well, and, and Lauren, uh, I must thank you too, because mm -hmm. um, people like you who are giving a stage to this uh, subject are also very much uh, needed and uh, very courageous also that you, uh, so thank you for having me in your show.